Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today is an off day for the Padres, so of course we've got Annie Heilbrun hosting because she can definitely entertain us when there's no baseball. Oh, you know, I can dance for you guys later. Alongside Annie, it's Bill Center, who knows that Annie hosting is a good thing for everyone involved. Couldn't happen to a nicer group of guys. <laughs> and rounding out the crew, it's Chris Ello, who would like to be congratulated for coming in on a Padres off day. I mean, I want a parade. I want one real parade. Now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padres Social Hour with your hosts, Annie Heilbrun, Bill Center, and Chris Ello. Welcome into Padres Social Hour, everyone. A Monday edition of Padres Social Hour. In case you have the Monday blues, I hope that we're going to turn that around. I hope people at the office are watching right now. Ello. <laughs> okay, I'm joined by Chris Ello and Bill Center. Chris just I said something him. to Bill. No, 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 he said no, something to okay. me. Right. You, uh, you, the lead-in was talking about Ello uh, wanting a parade, yeah. uh, you know, wanting one parade. I told him, well, that would be your funeral. So. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so cryptic. <laughs> Cheered me right up. <laughs> Cheered you right up. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> had a case of the Monday blues. And yeah. that's I'm feeling better it. now. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Can we just admire Bill's kicks right now, hey, his new shoes? I'm, I'm casual. Impressed. Those are awesome, though. I'm casual. Those are like the cool kids' shoes. I like them. And Chris just got back from vacation, probably, uh, you know, getting, getting the vacation vibe, you know, Away, going away right away by joining us. <laughs> yeah, came right back to work. But um, right yeah, I missed a, missed a uh, key week of action, I know, for the Padres. There's a lot but, that went on. But at least they <laughs> pulled a game and a half ahead of the D-backs. Yes. And I'm still rooting for that. Gave the Giants some um, trouble. Yeah. All, all series, so. Didn't, didn't get to eliminate them, though. Didn't that get was to sad because, uh, because the Dodgers got the walk-off home run right before the. Uh, right before yeah. they. Right, right before they got the last <laughs> we're gonna, out. We're going to talk about that later. But, but I don't yes. think the Giants care <laughs> because the Giants go to the World Series as the wild card every time anyway. You know, I don't think the wild card, I don't think the wild card this year is going to do very well at all. All right, we'll see. We'll talk about that, too. Cubs will get rid of them. We've got a lot to get to. Okay, I want to remind everyone, especially since it's a Monday edition, this is the time to get social with us. Hashtag PadresSH on Twitter, or you can go to the chat, Padres.com slash social hour. Padres win 4-3 yesterday. The hero of the game, Manny Margot. He had an excellent performance. Three for four, single, double, triple, stolen base. But really, Bill, as you know, it was his speed that just – impressed everyone and uh, he's got great tools uh, this is my outside of the um, spring training last year I saw him some and then the futures game he has exceptional tools I his ability to run um, just just great love the arm I saw the arm once but he can really double. fly. There's yeah. this double. If this is this a triple, Seth? No. Nope. This is this not. is a this single. single. No, but they should be able to show the triple like three times because yeah. he ran around to third so fast that yeah. uh, Blue right. Rod would be able to get in. There it is. Go ahead. In you yeah. got the stat. You got the stat, Chris. I did. I checked it out. Uh, I was timing it. 10.85 seconds from home to third. The second fastest of any player in Major League Baseball this entire season. Amazing. And if you look at that throw to third base, if he ran it in 10.86 seconds, <laughs> he would have been out. So right. he needed every, every inch of that to get that triple. Uh, if you're wondering, by the way, Brian Buxton of the Twins had the fastest 
home to third. But that's the second fastest in the big leagues this year. Someone out there was wondering, so thank you for that. Yes, they were. <laughs> right? Listen, uh, Will Myers said he enjoyed hitting behind him. Said the way that Margot hit the triple in those shadows was impressive, right. and that was something to consider as well. Right. Uh, it's hard to hit here mm -hmm. when the shadows are out and you hit the triple. Uh, there are a couple things. The, one of the most impressive things of this weekend yes. was a line drive on Friday night that was hit to left center, and that ball would have been in uh, many times this year. This time, you had Jankowski in left not only run it down, he and Margot crossed paths mm. as, as he caught it, which is like, It Holy was a near <laughs> hit. Right, yeah, it was, a, it was like either one of those guys could have got that um, ball. Yep. It was, and it just shows you. I really like the potential for the outfield. Should the, the Padres yeah. be thinking about putting together the mid-'80s St. Louis Whitey Herzog Cardinals? I mean, I, I know you're not going to turn Petco Park into artificial surface and right. all of that, but, you know, we've been playing the power thing, and I know this year they hit as many home runs or more than they've ever hit before, but to me it still seems like the Padres could shake up the National League by becoming – a yeah. fast, speed-running team that just plays incredible mm. defense I think and takes the extra base. I think they've got three or four guys that can really fly. But they don't uh, have seven don't, or eight. They don't have seven or eight. Yeah. The thing that interests me next year is if you've got an outfield of Margot, Jankowski, and Renfro, you're going to have maybe the fastest outfield in the major leagues. And I still remember how Tampa Bay played their outfield. The, Tampa Bay in 2004 mm -hmm. had – three center fielders and how they played that outfield. And it was incredible outfield defense. You Best can save two defense. runs a game. Then, right. I mean, that's Absolutely. that's like scoring two runs a game. It's the same thing. Absolutely. What the, just people don't notice it. What Tampa Bay did that year that was so unusual is that they had three guys that could really run. Mm -hmm. They put the slowest in center and put <laughs> the, the two fastest guys, Carl Crawford, and I can't remember uh, Rico uh, Bodelli was the center fielder, but they put the two fastest guys in the corner, and that way they had coverage everywhere. Didn't that way. BG Upton? Uh, yeah. It could, um, 2004? I don't know if it was 2004. Right. I think that might have been too soon. But, uh, but they had incredible speed, and they covered all three. And it makes up for it, oh. except for the, sl right. the, the slower center fielder. Um, also with Manuel Margot, he said after the game, he feels good. It's probably going to be one of many multi-hit games to come. I just <laughs> thought that was cool. You know, you're, you're a rookie. You're up here. It was good confidence. And it, he kind of does have this it factor. And we saw it in the Futures game as well. That, you know, you feel that from him, that he's, he's confident and he's ready to go. The thing that I really – is that he runs fast without running hard. <laughs> I mean, he just Yeah, he makes flies. it look easy. Right. Yeah, he's just and right. the other thing that I like about him and Jankowski is when they are running full speed, their heads are not bouncing up and down. They're able to track balls, mm -hmm. which I think is really a, a great point. A huge, huge factor. They're going to have some pieces this offseason, yeah. the Padres are, to get this pitching staff that we don't know what in the world it's going to look like next year. Yeah. But to me, they've got some pieces to deal now. And I think if nothing else here the last month or so, They've shown enough talent with all of these outfielders and some of these infielders that they might be able to piece together a couple of deals. I don't know that. Why, why are you always throwing water on every one of my ideas? <laughs> I, Wait, I, I don't know that they've – I think they've got some pieces, but I don't think it's going to bring you much pitching help. Well, We're going to continue that in just a moment. Then you're going to need a fourth <laughs> outfielder to cover all the ground next year with the, with the staff that might be coming back. 
The Hero of the Game is brought to you by the Hero Program, a new way to upgrade your home to save energy and water. Visit HeroProgram.com to learn more. And that was Manny Margot with our Hero of the Game. Okay, continue, gentlemen. So you don't buy into that, what, what Chris is saying, right? Well, I, it, you have to all, almost overpay to get quality pitching. And, and I think it's going to – I don't see the pieces that you're talking about. I would imagine a spare outfielder, Norris, mm -hmm. uh, maybe a spare infielder. I don't think that – deal that you can even put together a package that's going to bring back that so much. you're saying that the Padres have themselves about 14 okay players no coming I think in the next season actually, because I mean yeah I mean look at what Rosales is doing now at third base and so I'm, I'm bringing, and I'm bringing Rosales back I mean you've got Spangenberg <laughs> and you've got what Schimpf has done and they, I mean you've got you got too many guys not enough spaces right. but they're not so I got to package some of them to right. see if I can get some pitching but I don't think they're the quality of players that you're going to be able to package and get anything really in So return. what are you going to do with them? I'll send them all back to the minor leagues. No, you're going to you're going to help you're going to hope that they you can trade them for prospects or maybe get a midland type player but you're not going to get a top you're not, you're not going to have a package. You might be able to get yourself another Clayton Richard type, and he's pitched pretty well. I mean, in Petco Park, a middling pitcher becomes an okay pitcher. Right. Well, I mean, okay, but um, you already got a lot of those. <laughs> so you need more? I don't think they have enough of those. <laughs> right. I mean, pitching uh, has been, been the downfall right. this year. We talked about pitching. Clayton Richard, six innings, two earned runs. But Richard has gone now at least five innings in each of his eight starts in the rotation. Hasn't allowed more than three runs, earned or not, in any of them. So a big nod to him. And also, I think we got to get into Luis Perdomo. ERA of 10 at the beginning of the season. <laughs> we talked about this. His growth, and I'm sure you know about this too, Bill, with the four-seam <laughs> fastball. Preller asked him to work with Balsley on a sinker. And nobody in the in the – is it in the National League or entire MLB? Nobody has more ground balls and right. more ground balls than Luis Perdomo. So two pitchers right there that maybe, obviously at the ends too of their, their careers a little bit, you know, one just getting started and one having a resurgence, but that have really made this rotation at least formidable in this last few months. Well, Richard is a completely different pitcher than the Richard that was here from yes. 2009 to 13. He is, he is no longer a uh, high fastball, try to, throw it just above the bat type pitcher. He's no more. He used to be a fly ball pitcher and a strikeout pitcher. And now he's a ground ball pitcher. Yep. Totally different. Different arm slot, different different ball. Uh, he and Perdomo both now depend on the sinker. Yes. And how much and how many more starts are you and how much more uh, are you given uh, Cosart? How many more opportunities? I mean, did, has he blown his chance to make this team next year by the way he's pitched so poorly well, he's in September? Not, he's not – or does he just have to come out lights well, out? Well, I don't in think he pitches training. again this year. Right, at all. he's got yeah. a bone. He's spur. got a bone. Well, spur that's in his right. Elbow. But I mean, right. But the but what he's shown us, it's hard to have a lot of confidence there. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, right now, I mean, it's uh, the at least three other spots, and I am including Tyson Ross because you don't know how serious he's hurt. I got Perdomo and Richard right now, and then I got Ross, yeah. and then I got Christian Friedrich after that, and he's not. I don't, I don't have a spot settled for him yet I, in fact i only have spots settled for two and then you're going to have to find a fifth but really you need nine or ten starting pitchers somewhere in your organization i still say that's I I think i'm still thinking yeah but i don't think you're going to get guys that are much different than cozart you and have Clemens, right, right. You're not all, right, all right. Well, if if the, all you can get is Cozart, then hang on to your guys right. okay but <laughs> sorry but okay say you want to trade spansenberg Who's going to really bite with the injury that he had? I mean, with the 
season that he had right. because of the injury. There's not going to be a big market for him. Or your return isn't going to be what no, you would want. I'm to just be. saying. It seems like they're they're finally loading up on a bunch of young good players, and you can't have. Right. I know the saying is you can't have too many, but you can have too many if they all play the same well, position. Well, I'm sh- I'm shifting the battle from second to third because I think mm-hmm. Schimpf and Solarte, that's where the battle is going to shake out. I still see right now Sardinius as your shortstop. I've got Rosales as my fifth infielder. I've got Dickerson as my backup outfielder, and I want him to play some first base. Maybe Solarte can play some first base, but that's where I've got my battles. If nothing, and, and things could change because A.J. can trade, and A.J. has before not traded, so you don't know what he's going to do. But I, I, I see it a little differently. I, I got a Swahe now. I've got him penciled as my front runner at second. Doesn't mean he has a job. I think he's the best second baseman they've got defensively. By far. Can they you, find a closer if they package some people? Because, I mean, you're still not comfortable right. there yet. No, I'm not comfortable at closer. There, there are a couple guys now in the bullpen that I have. Brandon Morrow has become a very interesting pitcher. Yeah. Now, like somebody told me yesterday, he's been injured all of his career. But he is really somebody in short, in short pieces. I like Bookter. I got Bookter hand. I'm thinking about Morrow. Mauer in some capacity coming back. That's four of seven. But you're not and putting Mauer in in that ninth inning. Uh, no, I'm not saying I'm not, but I still want to see a little different Mauer in Got the ninth it. inning. I'm not, I'm not saying uh, – I'm saying that, okay, I've liked some of the things I've seen as a closer. There are some things I'd still like to see. He's, he's definitely in the running, but I'm definitely bringing him, Bookter, Hand, and I'm sort of leaning towards Morrow back. Mm. So can I ask him one more question on this? You can. I know we probably says we're Seth's going to give us break. this in a second. Yes. But <laughs> you, we're talking about bringing back so many players for next year because so many guys have impressed us the last couple of months of the season. I mean, we're thinking of bringing back maybe 20, 22 guys. No. This is a team that's going to win 70 games, 73 games. I, I think they're so going to be a little bit better. You're going to have year. to make some right. changes. Otherwise, I mean, can this group become a contender without the addition of some players? I don't think this group will be a contender next year, but you need another year for your young pitchers to come along. Okay. The, the pitching is my biggest concern next year. I do think, having watched Margot, I think he's a major league player. I think Renfro is a major league player. I think Margot might be an all-star. Renfro, I think, is going to be a major league player. Hedges behind the plate, I absolutely love. And I like the I new know. egg. Two nights ago, he hit a single at 107 miles an hour out the center. <laughs> Just rifled it. I like the leg kick that Zinter's worked. I think that he's a different player. Uh, I, I, Aswahi, I've got as a front runner at second. I'm not sure that he's there yet. But to me, of all the players I've seen play second this year, he's best around the bag and on defense. So. It's a conversation we can continue because it is an interesting point, though. If management or ownership, which has already come out and said these guys are not, go- we, you know, we're going to give it a fighter's chance or a puncher's chance, yeah. but we're not going to be contenders until 2019, 2020. So does the does the goal become how do we get these young guys to grow as much as possible and get the most experience they can, so that when we can uh, fill in with but some veterans, you well know, people the, and later later that's on. That's why I don't think they're going to go out and get a lot of pitching next year because they've got pitching that's moving 
It's just not here yet. Before and Seth you Kelsey. know pitching moves faster <laughs> than hitting. I know. I'm a, I look, I'm a fan of creeping along and improving and improving, but I like to go into every season sure. feeling like I have at least an outside right. shot. Totally And I don't know that I feel that, and right. I don't know how many Padre fans are going to feel that next day. But I don't think they're going to invest in a lot of pitching because of what they've got in the minors. Okay. You might have Walker Lockett starting <laughs> in the rotation next year. It's a good conversation to have. Seth's going to kill us all. All right. Is the show over yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we done? <laughs> want to join the pod squad and be a Padres ambassador. Chris, there's still time for you. Now's your chance. The Padres are hosting pod squad editions on October 22nd, and you can apply to be on the squad. Visit Padres.com slash pod squad to apply. Deadline to submit is October 7th. We should have our internal Padres social hour pod squad competition Maybe like between Bill and Chris and Seth and no. Pod squad. I'm, I'm getting a lot of. Of. I threw t-shirts in the crowd it's once. A joke. There I'd you like go. To see yeah. I'd like to see awesome. Mads and Nikki hey, shoot some hot dogs at us good. in those guns. Pod squad is cool. They they do a great job out there. We appreciate them. We'll be right back with more Padre Social Hour after the break. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. And welcome back to Padres Social Hour, everyone. An off day for the Padres, but they return to Petco Park for a three-game homestand tomorrow. The last homestand of the season, which is crazy. Uh, Bill, Chris mentioned it. Padres set a new franchise record for home runs in a season, 173. Right. When's the last time, or what was the closest to that? Well, the old record was 172 in 1970 by the very second Padre team ever. And it was still an expansion team. They still had mostly expansion players from the 1960, uh, late 1968 expansion draft. And 172 home runs. That team hit uh, 68 home runs at home mm. and 104 on the road because... It was impossible to hit one at The home. original yeah. dimension. <laughs> People who think Petco uh. Park is big, envision what yeah. San Diego Stadium was like when it first opened. It was 330 down each line. Right now, Petco's Park is 336 and 326. It was 375 oh. to the power alleys, God. and it was 420 feet to center. Wow. Now, and the wall the was 20 feet tall. Anything. 17 feet. Yeah. All, the way, all the way around <laughs> the symmetrical field was a 17-foot <laughs> high wall. Wow. So that basically means you could hit a fly ball off the top of the fence, an outfielder could jump for it and not get it, right. but it would stay in the park. Right. Because it would Incredible. hit the top of the fence and bounce and back. And bounce off. In, in 19, in, in Just 19, kill all your dreams. The year that we're talking <laughs> about, in 70, Nate Colbert hit 38 home runs. But he hit 16 balls off the wall at old San Diego so Stadium. So he could have popped 50. He, he could have oh had 54. And in those days, right 50 was, right. was really doing something. And That's I, incredible. Right. And I do think this ballpark now is playing differently than it did when yes. it opened. Well, I was going to ask that. What do you think that hitters feel when they come to this ballpark now? Do, do you think they feel like it, it feels big, or do you think that at right now it's pretty much average as far I think as stadiums fair. go? I think now it's fair. And it has a lot to do with, okay, yes, they've moved the fences in 10 feet all the way from the foul line to right center, almost all the way. They haven't changed the porch. So to 10 feet in from right field foul pole to right center, uh, 7 feet in left. But I think that that's just one of the factors. I think that the buildings that they've built up, mm. the Semper Energy and the, and the building next to it, and out that's changed the airflow. You're for getting this technical ballpark. now. 
And I all, technical well, but I also for a Monday <laughs> afternoon, a lazy Monday afternoon. You're getting all technical now Listen, going, going I, science I, on me with the buildings right. around the field and the wind conditions. And I also think it's drier but this year. But I think you're right. I think it's drier this year than it has been So it's like climate change, also right. science, also, no, yeah. No, because <laughs> right when Petco opened, I mean, you had this just like a fog just right. enveloped. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everything died. You could yes. not right. hit the ball. And now that fog is being blocked a little bit right. by some of these buildings. And you had w the prevailing wind would go through here and then hit the buildings on the other side. I mean, yeah. Brian Giles used to always talk about at night games, in in the early part of the season, the wind would be blowing down his back. He could down. Yeah. yeah. He could feel it go oh. down the, only, the back only of his The only field shirt. in the history of <laughs> right. baseball where the field, the, the wind, right. was the wind, is the, the wind, wind blowing, blowing out right. to left to right? No, it's blowing down. Down. Right. Down. <laughs> hey, Bill Moonlights is a, as a weather guy, as a science guy. Meteorologist. I love, you, I love weather. I love weather. This guy knows are you gonna weather. Figure, are you going to fit World War II into this somehow? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> no great tank battles. It is interesting, though, because I think, especially when the ballpark opened, you heard it all the time. It almost became, you know, its own stigma of, oh, this is the toughest, one of the tougher ballparks to Phil ever Nevin. hit in. Uh, exactly. You're never going to hit Klesko, here. Ryan Klesko, ask him. So, right. Yeah. Well, Phil so. Nevin standing Phil Nevin hit a ball as probably as hard as I've ever seen hit here. <laughs> and it hit the wall in right center, which was then uh, 412 feet from uh, home plate. Yeah. And it nailed the top of the wall and bounced back in. And Phil Nevin reaches second. And he points at Kevin Towers yes. in the press box. That's what as you, if to gave say, us. you that You did this. <laughs> yes. And very shortly after that, Phil Nevin found himself in Texas. <laughs> found himself a new team. Right, Texas, right. <laughs> I remember his last moment here. He got kicked. He was catching one day right. in a day game, and he got in an argument with the home plate umpire, got kicked out of the game in the fourth inning. And just kept on walking. <laughs> well, I remember. That was it. That was I it for know, Phil. I know what's coming. Right. You know? That's right. how it finished. <laughs> and I, I remember the day that he did that at second base. He and Towers going yeah. around yeah. afterwards in the uh, yeah, they weren't in Bochy's no. office. No. no, they were not happy. No. Uh, you know that, especially a guy that's been around the game and knows. Right. You know, that's about it for me. Thanks, but but he wanted it. He wanted it out. He wanted to help the, his team. Uh, and yeah, right. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Surprising thing too to me much there. is Phil Nevin <laughs> has become, of all the people that w if you knew as a player, to become a front runner, one of the top minor league managers. And in his beloved. Game. And right. And yeah. beloved. Right. right. From, from his reputation as a player to now how right. he's, he's seen like, holy as a cow. manager. It's really true. Phil, nice job. You know, you meet people who think of him one or two ways. It's crazy. Right. How many know? number one overall picks go on to be managers? Rare. Uh, yeah, well, because usually managers be are, are guys that are you know uh, backups. Right. Yeah. I mean, those are the guys yeah. that learn the game and the nuances of the game, and that's why so many, you know, uh, former backup catchers sure. right. have become great managers. Ned Yost and uh, and Bochy, and I'm you know I'm, there's many more. Yeah, but absolutely. I don't want to name them all because I can't think of them all. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> but there it's are a, a lot. Nice job. There are a lot. All right, well, transitioning a little to the home runs. So Adam Rosales, five home runs in the last 13 games, 13 home runs this season. It's career high for him. Obviously having a good season and a veteran presence in this clubhouse. I want to ask you guys with John Jay, what cost do you bring him back? I mean, at what, what ceiling do you have for him when you've got a guy like Adam Rosales that maybe you would bring back that is right. like going to be at a lower cost and also gives that veteran presence? Are you – spending high to keep John Jay, or do you think with guys like Rosie, you absolutely have to have a guy like John Jay in there? Fourth outfielder is going to be very interesting mm -hmm. next year. Yeah, I, think, I think that they are going to definitely bid for John Jay 
but I'm I would imagine that they will set a limit as to what they want to have at that spot, and I'm not sure they're going to. I be bet able you they're going to get outbid. Yeah, I, I, would I think they're going right. to try right. for him, and I think somebody's going to throw a little bit more money at him, and sure. they're not going right. to match. And, and if they get him, say they get John Jay, mm -hmm. I think he is very going to be a very important part of the spring training and the first part of this year, melding everything together, and I would not be surprised if they would trade him during exactly. the season. Because he's not, he's not a guy. When you have an outfield, the crowded outfield that they have right. with all these young guys that you need to see, and that's the thing. We're not saying that, that the Padres couldn't use his, his, his talents. Of course they can. But that they're going to need to get these young guys in some right. way or another. And at what, you know, it might be a high cost to keep him on in a limited role and for veteran leadership. And you might carry, I mean, you might be carrying five outfielders. If you carry Jay, I think you're going to be carrying Dickerson. I think so. Right. So, because Dickerson's going to be your left-handed hitter off the bench, your your left-handed bat, and a, and a fourth outfielder who can play left and give everybody a day off. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see mm. if they carry four or five outfielders. It's a, it's it's actually going to be a good problem to have. Yeah. yeah. Which is fun. Always. Right. When you Always. look when you look who was battling for the backup jobs last spring. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to get into more of this later in the show. We've got Bill's bestie, Nick Canepa, on the show <laughs> when we come back. First, though, don't miss the last Padres home series of the season. It starts tomorrow. The Padres take on the Dodgers September 27th through 29th. Check out one more game under the lights at Petco Park. Get your tickets today at Padres.com. Tweet us, hashtag PadresSH on Twitter. We'll be right back with more Padres Social Hour. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. And welcome back to Padres Social Hour, everyone. Joined by Bill Center and Chris Ello. And now we are joined by the great Nick Canepa, the one and only Nick Canepa. Nick Semi-great. <laughs> Semi-great. He's on the Cholula Hotline. You How you doing, Nick? Oh, I'm getting up in the morning. That's about the extent of it. <laughs> He is the great Nick Canepa. He's Come on, Nick you guys. Nicky, I was worried this morning. Where was your charger? Where was your charger scorecard? Well, I was I was out all week. So ah. I didn't I didn't work. All right. Well, you, we do have a Padres scorecard, and this is Nick's season grade. So not just for the last you know series or game or week, but for the entire season. So we're going to get into that now, Nick. We're going to start with offense. What are you giving the guys on offense? All right. Well, first, got to look at this season. I expelled the entire team. Expel. He expels expel. the entire team. Of course he does. <laughs> so you start from scratch. So none, uh, of, the, none yeah, of them none graduate? None of them graduate. Nobody graduates. <laughs> so, no, so they all coming back next year? To they repeat, all have to redo it next to year? To repeat the grade? Or? Yeah, yeah, Bill knows how it is when you when you, when you got to go back and when you got to go back in boot camp. Yeah, you exactly. Got, they recycle you. <laughs> right. That's what these guys are doing. They're being recycled. But we just talked about the fact that the hitting-wise, they've been pretty good this year, Nick. So I'm curious what you're going to give them. Well, I gave them, I gave them a D, which I think was generous. Uh, but that's D is in dog, by the way. Uh, this, uh, and if it wasn't for the home run thing, I might have been lower. <laughs> but you got to remember that the home run team, the record that they broke was was set by another bad team. So, I mean, the 1970 Padres weren't exactly great. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but it's just a, such terrible inconsistency offensively. They strike out far, far, far too many times. I agree with you there. 
And and uh, this this is the kind of team that, despite I don't care how many home runs they hit, it's not a power hitting team. How many how many of these uh, uh, core of 12, 15 guys in the lineup the last two months, Nick? Would you honestly? want back next year because we keep talking like we want like almost all 15 of these guys back well it's sure not going to happen uh you know i'm i'm uh, these guys are going to come they're going to play these guys these guys are going to come up and and they should come up and they're the guys who should be playing because the guys have been up here have been have been too inconsistent i mean you, you just can't win daily you cannot contend with this kind of a lineup, you cannot do it. And if you want to contend, which I believe they at least want to try to do, it's not going to happen the way they've got it set up now. And they know that. That's why they've done everything they've done. All right, Nikki, you gave the offense a D. So how about on defense? What do, what do we got for defense? On uh, defense, they got an F+, plus, an which F is Chris plus. Ello's favorite. My favorite grade. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm telling you, they are not a good defensive team. And they will never be any good until they improve the glove work on this team. Uh, and, and, and basically, I mean, the, the occasional terrific outfield play is fine. They just don't, they just don't, don't have what it takes defensively. They, they, they don't. Okay, keep it moving then. We got an F-plus for defense. For pitching, what do you have? A D is in dog. D, another D. Well, you know, and it's a tough, this is a tough grade because, this is a team that by midseason didn't have one starter it left training camp with, which may be the first time in the history of baseball. I, I, I don't know. We got, we got a couple of experts sitting there on the couch. Can you ever remember a team not having one starter on its roster midway through the season that it left training camp with? Yeah, the uh, 2013 Padres that lost all five starters in the first five weeks of the season. <laughs> the, Padres have, the Padres have done it many right. times. <laughs> right. I, mean, I, I mean, you know, and, and the relief pitching, sometimes you they get out there and they're great, and sometimes they, they stink. I think Perdomo was, the I think, the story of the year. Yeah, the bright spot. Uh, um, without question. Uh, you, he had, you know, Richard coming back was like a revelation. But he's, mm -hmm. this is a different Richard. This is not the same guy that we've seen here. He's not, he's throwing different. He's just, just not, whatever happened to him, whoever worked with him did a tremendous job and are to be congratulated because, uh, and, you know, and, and, and Clemens had a couple, they've had a couple of guys who've, who've done well. It's just, once again, we're talking about consistency. All right, Nikki, let's see if anyone can get above a D. What do you got for the coaching grade? He loves the coaches. An A. An A. I knew it. All right. <laughs> he loves them. <laughs> Because, uh, because as we've discussed many times on this show, I absolutely do not believe that the greatest manager who ever lived could have coaxed one more win out of this team. So I'm, I'm sticking with, with I, I think, Andy Green, given what he had to work with, which was something new and different basically every single day. Right. I, I can't imagine how you could have done any better. I, 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 I'd like to say you can, but I, I think – I think they did as well a job as they, as good a job as they could do under the circumstances. I agree with you on the coaching. Mm -hmm. You giving them a manager of the year vote, Nick? Top three? Why not? What does what anybody, you know? I didn't say, I, mean, I didn't I mean, say Dave, why Dave, not. Dave, Dave Roberts, Dave Roberts, I imagine going to be manager of the year, and I'm not going to complain about it. 
But if the Padres had hired Dave Roberts instead of Andy Green, would they have won the pennant? No. No. I mean, that's all you need to look at. It's it, Baseball is totally different than every other sport. Mike McCoy would do worse with this team. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to be slipped in somehow. Yeah, somehow, right. <laughs> Oh, this is why I love you, Nikki. All right, we appreciate you being on for the Tallulah Hotline for the grades. Nick, I think, is that it for the grades for Nick all season? Nick, you did a great job. Uh, you, you're off the hook. You can put your score, your grade cards away. Yeah, well, I'm going to give Nick a C for this year. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm giving myself an F+. Plus. <laughs> an F+. Plus. Uh, thank you, Nick. Uh, thank you so much, Nick. Thanks for being on with us. We'll hey, talk, talk to you later today. All right. Uncapped real flavor with Cholula hot sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. We will be right back with more Padres Social Hour. Join us. Hashtag Padres SH on Twitter. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. And welcome back to Padres Social Hour, everyone, on a Monday afternoon, a very hot Monday in San Diego, September, what are we, 26th, and it's like 110 degrees inland or something. Right. 100 degrees here where we we're sitting. Right. It's just an odd. We've been, on the, yeah. we've been on the Cholula hot <laughs> seat the whole show. <laughs> Offshore exactly. flow. Yeah, um, there he goes flow. again. <laughs> there he goes again. Uh, we are still <laughs> paying tribute and, and mourning and, and honoring Jose Fernandez. Obviously, <sighs> that boating accident, uh, he passed away yesterday or in the, the, the early hours yesterday. And I think it's still a shock. It was a shock yesterday to everyone. People just finding out, just looking on social media and hearing the news. And you could sense it throughout, I'm sure, all the clubhouses, people who know him, people who have played with him. Um, even in the, in the Padres clubhouse, you had Brad Hand, a former teammate, talking about yeah. it, Paul Clemens. And Clayton Richard marking the mound well, with the number 16. And John Jay being a very close John friend Jay. of this. Right. John Jay. I mean, uh, just a really sad thing. Yeah. But uh, ESPN's uh, Dan Levitard had a, a wonderful article today, and er, I'm sure he put it out yesterday, but about how Jose Fernandez was just so much more than a baseball player. He was meant so much more to the Cuban community, um, the immigration attempts, the saving his mom when, when she when they immigrated and she fell, fell overboard, overboard right. and he had to save her. Um, and then for the Marlins who had somewhat, and you can speak to this better, had somewhat uh, pushed away their Cuban fan base because they had dropped a stadium in the middle of Little Havana in Miami and, and kind of made it difficult for those people to live there or grow as a community right. and cut it in half, cut it in half right. and made it, made it difficult to have a life there. Um, but he had become a link. He had become really a reason to be excited and, and love baseball again and like the Marlins. And so he meant just a lot more than baseball. Uh, obviously, a life cut short, cut way too short, but just all those connections and the ways that he had touched the community around him, it's, it's, it's tr truly incredible. Well, the things he had done off the field by Correct. the age of 24. I mean, yes, great ball player. There's no question. Probably, mm -hmm. I mean, in the running for the Cy Young Award this year, but the way he had matured as a young man in advance of his years and what he was doing off the field mm -hmm. is what the incredible loss is. My Absolutely. favorite tweet was 100%. somebody, and I don't know who tweeted this, but it, it brought a tear to my eye. The whole thing brought a tear to my eye for mm -hmm. pretty much the whole day yesterday yeah. and last night. Uh, it still does. But somebody tweeted out that all of us in our lives should enjoy something as much as that young man enjoyed baseball. And, I, I mean, Bill, I know we've seen a lot of guys mm -hmm. who had fun playing baseball. 
Right. I don't ever remember seeing a shot of Jose Fernandez without a smile on his face, even on a 3-2 pitch where he didn't get the yeah. call. He would still smile back at the home plate umpire and says, give me the ball back. In well, this article, what, uh, Levitard writes, watching him play felt like freedom to South Florida's Cubans. It, it, um, Fernandez played the way Latin music feels, right. which I thought was just so cool. That's so nice true. Line. Yeah. Now, and, and yesterday we mentioned it, but we didn't actually t get a chance to talk about it. His teammate, Casey McGee, Great. Mm -hmm. has, a s has a son who has cerebral palsy. And Casey would take him to the field quite often. And he'd have him on the field. And when he would go to bat, you know, he'd always have to find somebody to say, hey, could you just stay with my son for a moment? Yeah. Or that's, just, that's just the way it was. But Fernandez would embrace this young man and would always be there when Casey was hitting. And Casey yesterday sent out a, 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 a long tweet talking about, and it wasn't a tweet, it was a, a tweet and something he wrote after the passing about how his son and this young man had built this bond that was beyond what Casey could understand. Yeah. And how they got along and how, how uh, Jose Fernandez looked out for him. And I think that speaks even more volumes than the baseball. Absolutely. I think that's the thing. You see this this young man who had gone through so much in his life already, been jailed in Cuba, right. trying to defect, you know, was willing to put his life on the line for he and his family, got his grandmother to the States after, you know, she she, she basically was part of his li entire life growing up. He was so close to her, um, got her to the, to the States and to be with him. And then you hear about these stories about his character and right. who he was and had a, you know, his girlfriend was pregnant with his kid and just his whole, he had finally made it to that, the, the, the another line in, in that story. He was at the top of the yeah. mountain. He had no time to enjoy it, you know? He had, he had a feel for the things that are really important to civilization. Wonderful point. He understood perspective and what mattered in I life. wanted to ask Bill this because I was trying to think of it, you know, yesterday and then on the way down to the show today, but I'm trying to think of any more of a tragic death to a young superstar in baseball. Yeah. I, I really, there must be something going back through the years, through the decades, but I mean, obviously baseball players have died before, but right. not young guys that were just on the, just their star, the they were shooting their, stars. Yeah, and also were just such good character. You know, right. some, sometimes mm. you see those shooting stars and you, you don't really feel a sense of relationship to them, but this was someone you really felt right. a sense of relationship to. None of us knew Jose Fernandez. Did you meet him? I never met uh, him. Actually, when the, uh, when the Padres were in uh, Miami last year, I covered the beat. I was down there, yeah. and he, was, he had just done something with a Cuban delegation on the main concourse, and he was leaving as, as the couple guys in the media were walking in and Really, it, it was just like high fives to everybody. Just like I, I can't had no idea a, who I was. I cannot think yeah. of a sadder moment for baseball, and, and I know the Marlins are all going to wear his number tonight. Great, yeah, which is absolutely. a nice tribute. But this is going to rock that organization yeah. too. And, oh, and, sure. and I, I mean, rock sure. it to where they're back. I remember at when one. I remember when Len yeah. Bias, and I'm going back to the '80s. Great basketball player from Maryland died of a cocaine overdose, drafted by the Boston Celtics. And the Celtics were terrible for like 10 years after yeah. that. Right. Yeah. I hope this doesn't happen to the Marlins, but that's the kind of thing that 
yeah. the, the, the effect this can a have. A true impact on the field, off the field, and someone who will obviously be missed throughout baseball and throughout the entire community. So um, just a sad, sad day. All right, thank you guys. We'll be right back after the break with more Padres Social Hour. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour, everyone. The Dodgers will be coming to Petco Park starting tomorrow. They will not be celebrating, though. They will not be popping bottles on the field or in the I love it. in the in the visitors' clubhouse, which I think was was is a, it's a small win. How many for years Padres in a row have fans. they done that here? Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a <laughs> but you know I'm sure Padres fans will take it. So they clinched the NL West. They clinched the division yesterday. Actually, I think they did clinch the NL West here the first three games of the season. Didn't they just no, wrap no. it up then? Jeez. Well, they clinch in extra innings, and they Sorry. clinch on a <laughs> on a walk-off home run, of course. And this is also it was Vin Scully's last game, his last game as a broadcaster for at home. I believe he is still going. Isn't no, he? that's it. This that's is it. it. Right. That was his last game. His last He's going, to, going San to San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, he is okay. going to San Francisco. He's going to San Francisco. Yeah. He's not I coming here. Part. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I know he's doing. He's going to he San Francisco because he grew up a San Francisco fan. Okay. But but for being, I mean, gosh, it almost could be his last. You know, his last home game then, but and, and a division clinching home game. So, um, you know, our, I, I would I would say it's a small win, right, to not clinch here, not to have to face that here. <laughs> well, I didn't want it to happen. I mean, I remember the year years ago where they had two teams clinch uh, in San Diego. Oh yeah, yeah back to back. <laughs> everybody, yeah. Back to back. Yeah. everybody came to San Diego yeah. Yeah. to clinch. But um, you know, oh, and it, the, the way Dodgers that yesterday, yet. though, wasn't it? Yeah, they Dodgers take off were classy. Everybody they tipped their cap to Vin. Right. Yeah. I was very was interested great. to see yesterday what the re, what the celebrations would be like after the news in the morning, mm. and and I do think it should have been tempered. It was I mean, tempered, right. but it was you still tempered. had to pay right. honor to Devin right. Scully. That right. Couldn't well, be that, taken that away. I love the I love the thing to to Scully. I was just wondering. When the teams that clinched yesterday, it was like, you know, there's a bigger thing here. Yes, there was. I, I do love. I do love the the tip of the cap to Scully. The thing that, the only thing that, uh, you know, the way it played out yesterday is that walk off home run came like 30 seconds before the Padres would have eliminated the Giants. I was sort of hoping yeah. that they could eliminate them before that walk off <laughs> home run. Charlie Culberson. <laughs> Right. A former yeah. Rocky, by the well way. Well known. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really well known. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Goes down in Dodger lore. And, and, and yeah, and the and the Giants continue to try to maintain that postseason well, run. Which yeah, you know, I got the no. You know yeah. what? You said already that there's no way the wild card is going to win this year. No, How do you know that? Because, I mean, because one, the, the the Giants are done. <laughs> I mean, I just don't see God. them doing anything. Uh, They're not you might, done. You Bill, might they not. They you <laughs> might not be. With, you might not have Cueto. Bumgarner's not pitching very well recently. It doesn't matter. Uh, the Mets have a ton of injuries, and then. Uh, the Cardinals just are not playing very right, well. We've got a little more time for this after the break. I want to remind everyone, though, to check out De Diamond Legends Wine, featuring limited edition wines, highlighting Padres all-star closers Trevor Hoffman, Goose Gossage, and Raleigh Fingers. To purchase and learn more, visit DiamondLegendsWine.com. We will be right back after the break with more Padres Social Hour. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. 
Welcome back to the final segment of Padre Social Hour. We're getting into it a little bit on the break, uh, on the couch. Another excellent so, another segment off-camera. Another off-camera <laughs> segment about whether or not the best team gets into the – no, whether or not the best team wins, right? Whether or not the best team Very makes rarely. it. Right. Look it up. We'll get to that, but I want to just uh, let Bill announce – not announce, say one thing about the Dodgers coming this week, and people think that because they clinched, they're not playing to win anymore, but that's not the case. Oh, they're right now they're playing for the home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs yeah. and if the wild card team were to beat the Cubs all the way through uh, Dodgers are one game one and a half games behind the Nationals right now uh, for the second best record in the National League so this next week is very important to the Dodgers okay quickly there you have why does the best team not get in what, what's your argument because the best team in baseball is decided over 160 games and the best team in the playoffs is decided over four games or five games. Five games. And, and, and then seven and seven. But, but my point is you could put the Brewers in the playoffs and they could conceivably beat the Cubs because that's just the way baseball works. And if you look it up, take the teams with the best record since they started this new playoff format several years ago. How many times has the best record won the World Series? So you Once, think we twice? should have 162-game Yes, World yeah, I mean, right. you need to have a 162-game playoff to decide it. That's right. We just figured it out. Us for commissioner, everybody. Bill's going to hit you with a you're wrong as soon as we go to break. All right, we thank everybody for watching. For Nikki, for Maddie, for Seth, for Chris, for Bill, and for myself, thanks for watching Padre Social Hour, and we will see you tomorrow.